Broadway Sports Media. He sucks, and he'll always suck. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I am your host, Michael Gellum, a.k.a. Mr. Lebowski. As usual, I'm joined by Zach Lyons, our producer and co-host, and also my other co-host, Michael Herndon. Hope everyone's doing well today. We are brought to you again by Broadway Sports Media, our lovely new venture that we launched just a couple of weeks ago. For those of you that have uh, subscribed and signed up, we hope you're enjoying the content so far. And for those of you who are not, why are you listening to this podcast and you haven't gotten to that yet? I just don't quite understand that. Boys, how are we doing? Doing good. We're uh, now broadwaysportsmedia.com is up to $9.99. So we're technically $10. If you didn't get your subscription the first two weeks, you're going to have to pay a little bit more, but it's really worth it. I mean, you got Christian Fulton interviews and videos. You have um, Isaiah Mack. You're going to have Khalif Raymond. You're going to have Mike's All-22. You're going to have Superhorns All-22s. You're going to have film breakdowns of Malcolm Butler versus Julio Jones. And then you get all the podcasts for free. I mean, $10 a month. $100 $100 a year, you get two months free. What's better than that? Yeah, listen, you're not, you're not getting any Nashville sports content better than what you're going to find on broadwaysportsmedia.com. That, that's, and, I mean, it sounds like we're bragging a little bit, but it's only because I do it's believe it's not bragging, in, it's in true, our right? team. And, and, and I think our team is super talented. It's, we got a lot of really good people um putting stuff together and you know a lot of the best people from a lot of different uh sites and and you know backgrounds are all coming together to kind of make uh you know what what we consider an all-star team and uh we want you to be a part of that team and uh come join us and and interact with us on the site leave comments uh participate in the forums we want to talk to you guys we want to build a community uh with broadwaysportsmedia.com and uh yeah we're looking forward to having you so go go uh sign up today Absolutely. It's good content. It's, you know, all the podcasts you want, it's the written content you want. And plus the video content has been knocking it out of the park. Uh, We got writers that you want to hear from. It's the whole package. Broadwaysportsmedia.com. Go check it out. You still got time to get in at a really, really good price. We still consider $10 a month to be a hell of a package for what you get. I mean, you get Predators and Nashville Soccer. Right. Titans. I mean, for $10. Yeah, and you get to listen to us three morons go on and on about the topics and drivel that you've come to love us for. Yeah. So speaking of topics and drivel that we want to get into, let's kick it off. We're going to discuss NFL opt-outs. The majority of the Patriots team apparently is just not playing at this point. Um, (laughs) We're going to discuss Nashville and their return to pro sports. And frankly, it was kind of pathetic. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit of Nashville versus Memphis, even though Zach tried to claim that this is not Nashville versus Memphis, but the topic is written on my screen, ladies and gentlemen, as Nashville versus Memphis and the XFL like COVID will not go away. It has now been purchased and it is ready to come back to you. I'm actually here to spoil the party that I don't think it's going to happen. And I will break down for you financially and logistically why that's not going to happen. So Buckle up. Let's get into it. 
Well, gentlemen, we're going to get into it. And I say gentlemen, because it's now just Zach and I due to technical difficulties and problems with schedules and how all this works. And it's now just Zach and I on the podcast. So after that lovely intro, where was Mike was very sudden, it was very, <laughs> very sudden. Mike is unfortunately not going to be able to join us for the rest of the podcast, but Zach and I are going to take you through it. We got a lot of NFL news to get into, uh, namely opt-outs. Uh, and, and I want to kind of go into notable opt-outs in the NFL. Um, also, how can we not mention the fact that the Patriots are just almost to the point where they can't field a starting lineup, hyperbole, obviously. But Zach, notable opt-outs, who in the NFL, what team do you think is affected the most by their opt-out so far? Well, it definitely, I mean, obviously it's the Patriots, but I mean, I think everybody's beating the dead horse when it comes to the Patriots and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, new quarterback, not a lot of options in the passing game, and then their supposed top tight end, Matt Lacoste, is gone. It's a mess. And let me say this, if the Bills do not win this division, it will be the greatest travesty and missed moment in their sports history. this We're talking about a team that went to like three straight Super Bowls and lost all three. This would be the biggest travesty. Didn't they lose four in a row? Or is that the It could have been four. It could have been five. It's hey, the Bills. It's the Bills. I mean, their their fans might as are, are throwing themselves into tables constantly thinking it's cool. Like, get real. Like, if you guys do not win the division, the Bills, it doesn't matter if you go 10 and 6 and lose a division. It's still a shame on you guys for not winning it. You have to win. We're talking about eight players gone from the Patriots. No Tom Brady. Cam, a, a shell of his former self, Cam Newton, and possibly Jared Stidham starting. If you guys do not win after signing Stephon Diggs, what good are you? What good are you ever going to be as Bills fans? Might as well just hang it up. Leave the division. Go somewhere else because you're never going to beat the Patriots if you do not beat the Patriots this year. And not on top, only on top of that, let's add in that the fucking Jets have paid C.J. Mosley, uh, signed him to a five-year, $85 million contract, and he's only played two games. And then they just cut Quincy Nunwa, who was signed to like a four-year, $20 million deal. And he, since signing that deal, got them one reception for negative four yards. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this up. You can't make that. I'm not making this up. That is literally what has happened with the Jets. So your third place team, you're the biggest contender, but is, is now just doesn't even fucking matter. And then you got the Dolphins just going to Dolph. That's what they do. They're just down there going, beep, 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 beep. If you do not win this division, hang it up. You do not go at that point, call up Redbird Capital and say, hey, Dwayne, can I join the XFL? Because that's the only way I'm going to win something because I can't win my own fucking division in the AFC East. Bills have to win. I know that went off on a wild tangent. No, but- I... But, but fuck it. If, 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 I don't want to hear from Bills fans who can't win your own fucking negative, division. One reception for negative four yards. You can't call yourself Bills fans. You can't call yourself the Bills Mafia, quote unquote, if your team cannot carry out a successful hit and take the division once in a while. You're not a mafia at that point, okay? And, and it's it like saying that our podcast is a mafia. Yeah. And it wasn't 
the fact that Quincy Noonwall signed that big contract. It's that he literally got paid $20.25 million for one reception, negative four yards. He, he got that money. I mean, that money is in his pocket. I don't know why that has me so tickled, but it's really, you know why? Actually, I can tell you exactly why. I am not reveling in any player deciding to opt out. I, I, I guarantee 99% of the players that are opting out had to come to it as a, a very tough decision, right? What I am reveling in is Adam Gase. Adam Gase, everything that Adam Gase touches just is turning into a disaster, and I'm here for it. I want to feed on it. It's like a double cheeseburger. I can't resist it. It's just wonderful to watch. But I got to say this one more time. Can't call yourself the Bills Mafia if your team sucks and can't take anybody out. So you're exactly right. Someone other than the Patriots has to take this division. If someone else other than the Patriots wins this division, you you should have done it. Because if the Patriots win the East, they should get out of here. If the Patriots win the East, it it means that it doesn't matter what happens nobody's ever going to beat Bill Belichick while he's the Patriots head coach. That division right. is just, it's the Patriots division. They own it. They should call it the AFC Pats, not the AFC East, because it doesn't matter. I mean, there's a reason why this division has been nicknamed AFC Least for the longest amount of time, because nobody challenges the Patriots. And the Bills fans like to think they do, and the Dolphins fans usually split their series. But other than that, you're not really challenging them. I don't think you're keeping Bill Belichick up at night uh, or up during the day because he could be a vampire. I don't know. He is, he is weird. But let me say this. That he had one of those little miniature husky things. I don't know what the actual breed of the dog is. I don't either, but it was, it was kind of adorable. It's adorable. If you guys cannot beat Bill Belichick, then maybe you should cut Josh Allen and try to get that dog because at that point, maybe you'd have a chance. Because at this point, I don't want to have to hear how Bill or how Josh Allen is one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the league. I've heard it. I lived it. It is the Marcus Mariota era. 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 Same thing. Doesn't really matter. (laughs) Either way. Hot take. Hot steaming. Scalding hot take. Yeah. Let me say this. You guys have the Marcus of New York up there. If you guys cannot beat the Patriots and win this division, Josh Allen is not the future quarterback for the Bills. And don't waste Sean McDermott anymore. Let him go to a team that really cares about winning because he's a really good coach. And he ain't going to get it done. If he can't get it done against the Patriots this year, he's never going to get it done. You know, I will say, though, the difference, the big difference to me between Marcus Mariota and Josh Allen is Mariota seems like the type of guy who's quiet, but that you would like to have as a friend because he's going to have rational takes on things. He's not going to spread your business, right? Josh Allen would have truck nuts on his vehicle if he was not in the NFL. Just look. How at do you know him. he you know doesn't he have truck nuts? I mean, actually, you bring up a good point because not just two years ago, we had the wonderful Blake Bortles in the NFL who left his wallet and keys in his truck and it promptly got stolen. What a dumbass. So Josh Allen is just baby face Blake Bortles. That's really all he is. And let me say this there is a good, there's a 10 out of 10 chance, 100% chance that. Josh Allen in college at some point wore two polos at the same time and popped the collars on both. Mm. We had a, a party in college one time and we were charging kind of your typical, like, I think it was like, you know, girls free guys, $3 or whatever it was. Right. This guy walks up, 
two polos, both collars popped. My buddy looks at him and says, whoa, 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 sir, excuse me. For both of those collars, you're going to have to pay double. And he did, he paid $6 and came in. But uh, anyway, so that neither here nor there. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, who likes coughing on their podcast? Because you just got a lot of that. Which Titans player, if they opted out, would hurt the team the most? And I'm not going to let you answer Ryan Tannehill. Well, I think there is a few, but I think one of the – I think the top three are on defense. I think it's Kevin Byard, I think it's Harold Landry, and I think it's Jeffrey Simmons. I think Kevin Byard's leadership and what he brings as far as reliability and consistency cannot be replaced. I like Amani Hooker. I like Dane Crookshank, you know, but they're not Kevin Byard. Nobody's Kevin Byard. There's not even another Kevin Byard in the NFL, both literally – and by name and by performance. And I think that if he decided to opt out, which I don't think any Titans player at this point is going to opt out, um, I think he would be a big loss. And then we have pass rushers in Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons who play pivotal roles on this defense as well. So neither of them can really leave, right? I mean, neither of them can opt out and us be able to say all is well on the Eastern shores. Is that a saying or did I just make that up? You know what? It is now. It is now. You go for it. All is well is on the Eastern shores of the Cumberland <laughs> River. That's, that is absolutely it. <laughs> and so. One reception, those, negative yeah. four yards. <laughs> <laughs> One reception, negative four yards, $20 million. And. I will say that none of those guys could. But on the offense, I mean, you have Ben Jones, Johnny Smith, and some may argue Taylor Lewan could all be could all be bad opt-outs for the offense. But I do think that they're not easily replaceable, but I do think there is enough depth at everywhere but center that, you know, we could we could be all right for, you know, the year. But I do think that Ben Jones is pretty significant. And I know that he has a lot of haters. But we're talking about a guy who has been consistently – he's there, right? He knows the offense. He's reliable. He's there. You know, he's like a um, – you know, he's like a McDonald's. I mean, is it your first chance – first choice for a burger? No. But when you're drunk and you know you need that consistent – that greasy burger, that double quarter pounder with cheese, you go. You go to McDonald's. And he is our greasy double quarter pounder with cheese, Ben Jones. <laughs> so to steal a take from Mike, which uh, you won't get to hear because he had to leave the podcast and it got recorded and then lost into the ether. So I'm just going to steal it from him. He, he thinks that Taylor Wan would be a, a pretty big loss uh, considering – you know, obviously having to sub in Dennis Kelly, it didn't go so hot last year for four games. You seem to kind of disagree with that, but I like the take and I will take it as my own. We'll run with it yeah. because I'm trying to mute myself and laugh in the background over one reception, negative four yards and $20 million and it's not working right. So, uh, Taylor, what? That's going to be my choice just because I want to hear your counter argument. Well, I will say this. Um, we don't know in those four games that he was missing last year was it really Taylor Lewan's fault or was it the aforementioned MMA, the, uh, the Marcus problem? Uh, Fair enough. It's really hard to say. Fair enough. I err on the side that, yeah, I mean, you know, Lewan missing didn't help and it was a big thing, but he wasn't the reason why we were dropping games. We started two and four. And and maybe we could have started three and, uh, three and three or four and two, maybe, 
but that's a big maybe. And I will say that I think that, you know, for 16 games, if we had to have Dennis Kelly start over there, I don't think it's going to necessarily equate to a major drop-off. Like, to me, Taylor Lewan, the difference between Taylor Lewan and Dennis Kelly isn't as big a wide a gap as the next best center on the offense with Ben Jones or the next best safety under Kevin Byard. Like, I think the drop-off is less. There is a drop-off, but I think it's less. So, um, I, you know what? I said this on our previous recording, and I was about to screw it up again. Today is Monday. Today we are recording Monday. this on Monday, August the 3rd. Um, Christian Fulton was signed over the weekend, correct? And, uh, last Monday. Uh, last <laughs> Last Monday, really, really knocking it out of the park. Isaiah Wilson just recently got signed. Titan, this is, if you're still listening at this point, just email me. I'm going to send you $5. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, Isaiah Wilson, Christian Fulton, Titans one and two. They lock them up on their deals. Do you have particulars on that? Yes. So the, if I can get through it this time, unlike I did last no, time. Listen, just don't look four, at me because I'm a disaster over here. Four years, $11.5 million for uh, Isaiah Wilson. He has a, basically a $6 million signing bonus and his average salary is roughly around, you know, 2.8, might as well just call it 2.9. Um, he's guaranteed almost all of it. Um, for those four years. But the, I think the big thing to talk about is the cap hit. And to me, okay. you know, that's, that's important because we're about to head into um, a few years of the unknown uh, with COVID-19. We know that it's a minimum $175 million cap hit or salary cap for 2021, but we really don't know if that could go up, whatever. $2.1 million cap hit this year, two or 2.6 next year, 3.1 the following year, and then 3.6, might as well be 3.7 for 2023. And then, we, of course, we have the fifth-year option that we could pick up later. Really great for a, um, a right tackle to have him locked in at those numbers for four years in a row. Um, I, think it's one, I think it's a very – I'm not sure what took so long. I don't know if maybe the, him being on the COVID, but that's the most important thing is that he's off the COVID uh, reserve list. Right. That, and, that was a nice little lead that I buried in that announcement. It said, yeah, he's off, off the COVID list now. Really good. And, and let me say this. Jack Conklin, who we drafted, I believe, number eight overall that we traded up for, he was a four-year $15.8 million uh, signing. This is a four-year 11.5, and this is way down in the 20s. So it's a really good deal for, for Isaiah Wilson, but also a really good deal for the Titans as well. And that also kind of shows that we kind of signed our rookies to really good deals. I mean, you got to think that Jack Conklin at that deal was pretty reasonable. So all this to say, great deal. He's healthy. He missed nothing by being on that COVID list and waiting this long to sign his contract. He gets in at the right time. He's going to be on bussing at this point. You will be able to hear him on bussing with the boys with Super Bowl champion Jamil Douglas. This is a it's a really good few days for Isaiah. You know he's healthy. He's got the money. He's ready to rock and roll and maul maul some uh, defensive linemen. It's almost like having a. 
rational front office and a GM who knows what they're doing with the books kind of plays out in your favor. Unlike yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars who have paid about $90 million to two quarterbacks who no longer play for them. Sorry. It's well, my little and dig and let's not forget help. that the New York Jets had just uh, cut a player that they, they, they paid $20 million to for one reception negative four yards. I'll do that again. Do not like I I thought I'd muted my mic earlier and I had not. And I was I was trying so hard not to d- dick up your segment anymore. But um with with that being said, let's talk uh Titans player. What what's the one Titans player you want to hear the most out of in training camp? I I know news out of training camp sometimes can be, oh, he looked good, he threw three passes, but you know, what what player is it that you're interested to hear news out of training camp? Well, we said that we weren't going to really talk about Vic Beasley, but I feel like this is a good time to talk about Vic Beasley. We discussed that on a recording that has been lost, so all bets are off now. But I I think that I'm very interested to see how Vic Beasley handles the questions, how Vic Beasley handles himself going forward for multiple reasons, right? There's the reports and everything that happened with Atlanta that was crazy. I mean, you've never seen a team come out and say, way in advance that we're not picking up you we're, we're done with Vic Beasley, right? And then he goes on to have like 8.5 sacks, which, you know, is crazy. Right. But, you know, a whole situation. Then this whole thing that happened with, we don't know if Vic has handled it poorly with his communication sure. or if the Titans handled it poorly with their communication to the media. We don't know, right? I mean, let's be honest, you know, uh, Midday 180 talked about not speculating. So let's not speculate. We, we, we don't know. All we know is that whatever has happened, John Robinson knows, and John Robinson has handled it, and he's eventually coming to training camp, right? That's really all that matters. So, either way you look at it, I am very interested to see how he handles himself. Is he going to handle himself like Kevin Dodd handled himself, another Clemson defensive lineman, which let's – don't get me started on Clemson players. Oh, my God. I mean, these guys got to get a fucking grip. But we're not speculating. We're not speculating. Um, but, or is he going to handle it like a pro and take his, take his medicine? I mean, that's pretty much what, where you're at. He's going to have to answer questions about what happened. And for all intents and purposes that we know, it has to do with the funeral. And I put out a tweet, my condolences to his family. I, I feel for him in this time because then when you open up Twitter or you open up your emails or whatever, you're going to see about 24 hours to 48 hours of just the Nash or the Nashville media blasting you because they're speculating, even though they said not to speculate, but it is what it is. I mean, that's what the Titans left open by not, you know, handling it a little bit better, but it is what it is. I'm interested to see how he handles himself based on his reputation, based on his history. And I'm anxious to see what he brings to the table because I think it's very important that he comes out and at least flashes in training camp. I don't think it's important, important, but I think it's important for the perception by fans and by the media that he at least comes out and is in shape and he's flashing something, right? You don't want to be the guy that is known for being lackadaisical and lazy, which is what Atlanta perceives him to be and has propagated to everybody else and then come out, and be that way after missing uh, a few weeks or a few days, I guess. No, certainly. And you're right. It's, it's not fair to speculate, which is something I was actually doing last week. And then I kind of, you know, took a step back and look and realize 
it's not really fair. I don't know the guy personally. We we don't get to know him professionally yet as a part of the Titans because he hasn't shown up. But we don't know the, the reasons why he hasn't shown up. And so I, I had put a tweet out there last week about – I retweeted what the Atlanta Falcons had tweeted earlier this year, which was basically them announcing as a team that they were not going to negotiate with Vic Beasley, which is, is a little weird for a team to do. It's, it's not – it's it's, it's a lot of weird. It's, it's not it's not weird. common. It, it, teams don't announce that they're not negotiating and that a free agent could just move on. They just don't do it. But it's unfair for me to correlate that with this and Pope put out a tweet which was just hmm. I wonder if there's a correlation here. That's not fair. But you're right. At this point, I just want to see him show up and answer. How does he answer the question? How does he handle why? you know, he wasn't here, that whole thing, and move forward. And like you said, I, w- I want to see a flash in camp and then moving right into the first game of the regular season. It comes out flat, and he didn't show up. It's just going to be more nagging questions. and It's going to be questions in the locker room of, you know, other players having to answer, well, Vic Beasley hasn't played very well. He didn't show up to camp. You know, you're right. You can go down a million paths of how that may play out. So, no, that's – I mean, that, that's a great answer. I know we had said we weren't going to talk about Vic Beasley, but that's, a, that's actually probably the perfect answer there because, you know, everything else is just – like you said, although we don't want to speculate on Vic Beasley, all the rest of the other players that we want to, quote, see flashes out of, that's just as much speculation. And camp is camp, right? Right. So, I mean, you, I just, you don't really get a lot out of camp, right? Every year we hear about Corey Davis doing all the spectacular stuff, and I'm a big Corey Davis fan. Yeah, but there's only so much you can take out of camp, and especially at this point with lack of tackling and how it's all being handled because of COVID. But you know, to me, it's more about not. You just don't want him showing up out of shape, and you don't want him showing up disinterested or not ready to be where he's supposed to be at the right time on those plays. Right? There's going to be a little bit of hiccups here and there because we everything's virtual right so he's having to learn everything virtual not a lot of hands-on so it'll be some hiccups but you just don't want him to come in like eddie lacy you know had has eaten you know 500 pounds of uh five guys burgers and all their french fries like you just want him to come in and be in shape and be dialed in that's what you want to see that's what i'm most interested in seeing remember the good old days when we were Talking about Lindale White cutting tequila out of his dialet, <laughs> dialet, dialet, diet. God, it's been a weird day, but oh boy, the dark days of the Titans. So um, I, I kind of want to round off some NFL news by talking about Odell Beckham. And actually just coming into this, I didn't even realize he had made these comments. So I wanted to look it up for myself. But two weeks ago, Wall Street Journal, uh, was it Wall Street Journal? Yeah, Wall Street Journal put out a article saying that Odell Beckham doesn't think that the NFL season should come back this year. He doesn't think they should play in 2020 for whatever reason. Uh, in, wow. Let me try that in English. Reporters started to try to run with the story again today. And Mary Kay Cabot um, covers the Browns has for a very long time pointed out on Twitter and rightfully so that this interview was done two weeks ago and that he has now sensed change his mind of course you know to multiple sources that he feels that it's safe to play and this kind of this kind of bothered you a little bit why Zach well I I just think it's irresponsible of the media to run with the two-week-old story like um it happened today because that's what I thought when I first saw the headlines because 
first off, nobody ever talked about this Wall Street Journal article, which to me is mind-blowing for two weeks. Nobody's talked about this article and these comments because those are pretty explosive comments for at the time that they were said. And then the way that the media presented it, Bleacher Report and others, they made it sound like it was today. So when I start clicking on the story and following the links, it comes down to you said it like two weeks ago, and he's like, no, bro, I'm, I'm playing. It's safe. I see the plan. I've read the plan. You know, I'm ready. And just irresponsible by the media. And I think it goes back to what we talked about with Will Compton last week, where the, they took a quote about a quote and quoted it as Will Compton instead of the proper one. And just, it just derailed from there. And then people were quoting this quote or that article. They were writing articles about articles without actually checking the source. And I'm just not, I'm, I, I hate, it. I hate art pieces of written content that are basically just quoting another piece of written content. Like, just throw that link up on your website or just throw that link up on Twitter and I'll just go read the original thing. I don't need to read your article about an article. Like, give me a break. It's do your due diligence out there and put out stuff that is of substance. And this was not of substance by those that did it. And I, I feel like Odell probably got blasted for like two hours until people realized that this was, you know, the uh, bad job by the media. Well, one of the top comments is predictably he has opted out of the end zone for most of the past couple of seasons anyway. Well, that is true. He's very Julio <laughs> Jones in that regard. Very Julio Jones. No, but I agree with you. It does. It, that really does kind of drive me nuts for, for whatever reason, teams, <clears throat> not teams, but writers, reporters, whatever analysts will grab something that's old and run it or rerun with it, whether it was on purpose or they just happen to come across it, it's disingenuous. I've seen this across multiple sources in sports and also kind of in uh, in pop culture as well. Is uh, it, you'll see something that pops up and someone will dig up a old tweet and say, "Well, you know, I mean, this is what so and so thought in 2009." It's like, well, how does that really relate to right now? But at the same time, it, it does kind of drive me nuts to see that kind of thing happen because the, that's not the latest piece of information. The latest piece of information out of his mouth is not that he thinks that the NFL should not play this season. Sure, I mean, yeah, two weeks ago, that, that's, that's a hell of a story, but it's not two weeks ago. It's now, and that's not what he thinks now. So it's not fair. Should be doing that to people. So um, that is that, – if you would like a lovely little transition, I'm about to give it to you right now, Zach. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. That is everything I have for NFL news. Let's move on. <laughs> what a great transition. Well, did you like that? Wasn't that yeah. lovely? It just it. everything's everything's out of whack today. Um, <clears throat> do we want to get into the XFL first, or do you want to talk about the Predators? This is all I want to say about the XFL, is that this is ballers come to life, but this is a legit – this isn't Vince McMahon XFL, and, and this isn't Oliver Luck and all that kind of stuff. This is, this is kind of legit, and I know we probably said that about the last XFL and the XFL before it. But as a former Birmingham Bolts season ticket holder and avid tailgater, I can tell you that this is really good news. Alan Bell of Sportsline Betting 247 wow. Football? Mm, that's Alan, Alan Bell of... Twitter uh, has stated 
that he was the first to break down that uh, Redbird Capital, which is the investment group that Dwayne Johnson partnered with, to buy this, by the way. They bought the XFL for, do you know how much they bought the XFL for? $15 million. $15 million. You know what you can get for $15 million right now in the NFL? Well, you can't get one yard and four, negative four receptions because that costs you $20 million. But mm. for $15 million, Good callback. you can get – you can get Josh Allen and Mitchell Trubisky for $15 million. So that is their 2020 salaries combined is $15 million. So they bought essentially, I don't know, like 500 players for the same as two players in the NFL. But the people, there's many people who own, you know, that are involved in Redbird Capital that also have controlling interests in certain NFL teams. This is kind of legit. And I think The Rock brings – first off, The Rock should be running for president. He really should not be buying the XFL. He should be buying the United States of America. But this kind of – he, I think, brings a little bit of legitimacy to this where Vince McMahon is just like, oh, it's just crazy old Vince McMahon. Like, The Rock is a legitimate, smart businessman. And I think those that are partnered up with it, I think this could turn into something not necessarily that competes for the NFL, but works with the NFL. Okay. Um, Alan Bell is with CBS Sports on at Alan Bell 24 7. Close. I'm very, very sorry. 24 7. That was the part that, that, that confused me. Just you. couldn't have made that any worse, I mean, but we found the way to Alan do it. Alan Bell 365. I, Alan is one of my favorite <laughs> follows on Twitter. Alan and I have good Twitter rapport. Always like bounces some good jokes. We off need each other. to I have like Alan Bell on the podcast, by the way. We, we do I need to have Alan Bell. I believe we podcast. haven't had Alan Bell on the podcast. No. He's very good on the radio. Yeah, terrible transition into asking somebody if they could be on the podcast after we don't even know where they were from. Well, Pretty terrible. The two four seven is what got me. That's what <laughs> me. I know sports line because it's betting, but the two four seven popped in my head, and I was like. Oh. Is that part of 247? That's, that's well, where the confusion is. One, one reception for negative four yards has thrown off my entire yeah. podcast tonight. But So I, I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here on XFL because, and I mean, you covered it. The fact that we've seen this before, right? I mean, they were here in 2001 and then they left and they were here in 2020 and then they left. Although in 2020, you can't really put it all on them. COVID threw off a lot of people, right? I so don't they were paying- I, I don't they were withholding mustard packets or something from the Memphis or so, something was going on. And they're like, people couldn't get condiments at some point. I, I, I don't understand what was going on there. But so like the, but the kind of the problem, the immediate problem I see is that the article I was reading about the XFL purchase actually was on ESPN was talking about that. It, it was Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia. And I believe it was Danny Garcia that was kind of going into, well, we can look at this as like a, a bubble type situation where we're armed and ready to play with the number of teams we have. We can immediately go into a bubble situation. I, that's kind of one of those things that makes me want to pump the brakes a little bit. Okay. So the XFL last season had eight teams. I believe that's correct. Yes. Um, so it, kind of the logistics of this, I just want to throw this out there. Let's say the XFL comes back and their whole thing is they're going to pop up, you know, prop up a bubble. Let's say they even go down. One of the things that at Alan Bell, of course, is, is tweeting out, and I like to retweet, is that we want to see NFL Island, basically like NFL Fight Island, right? Just one stadium, seclude all the players on this island, right? So let's say the XFL does something similar. It doesn't have to be an island, but they try to go the NFL route. The NFL, or the NFL, my God, the NBA has spent $150 million 
on this bubble in Orlando. Now that's 22 teams. It's about 1,500 people in total personnel. So the expenditure is not going to be that large. But even you cut it in half, $75 million to build a bubble to try to support, and you're not even getting into salaries and things like that. Do you realistically see the XFL wanting to throw down the gauntlet of, let's say, $80 million of just to try to put a product back on the field? I have your solution. It's cost-cutting. Oh, God. Yes. And I think that works out for everybody involved. The NFL or the XFL bubble, Branson, Missouri. It's got to be really cheap. You know they got lodging. And I'm sure there is some stadium that they can play at, maybe uh, Pirate Stadium, which is a Branson High School uh, uh, women's soccer stadium or something. But anyway, Branson, Missouri. Book it. What if they played it inside of a medieval times? Uh, yeah. That, Sign just, me up. But that's right. in Tampa. There's one in Tampa, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I was just going to say, hear me out on this. Dinner theater style, medieval times, you've never been to one. You have to eat all the food with your hands, which is right up my alley. Just, just let me use my hands. I'll eat corn on the cob, chicken, whatever. Let's just make a whole thing out of this. But put the team inside of a medieval times. Actually, now that I think about this, this is a disaster. It's enclosed, moving air, COVID. That's, that's a mess. Don't listen to me. But I'm just saying that the XFL, I, I like the idea, and I'm glad to see it still kind of putting around as an idea. But I got to think that if the model they're going after, and this is from you know what they get quoted to ESPN was that, we're kind of ready to go into the bubble. I just, that's a lot of money, $75, $80 million. And again, I'm completely speculating. Well, it they may could be spend cheaper less than for that. Them because it's less salary, right? Of I course. Mean, it's less guaranteed right. salary. I mean, that's why I'm saying Branson, Missouri is perfect because, I mean, lodging's got to be cheap. Just put it at Pigeon Forge, Dollywood. <laughs> um, so, speaking of cities and teams out west, your beloved Memphis Grizzlies. You've really been active on Twitter talking about Ja Morant, and rightfully so. He's, he's a, just a delight to watch. Unlike uh, your, your buddy down there for the Pelicans, you're not a big Zion fan. No, Zion needs to be body shamed and get it on Jenny Craig or something. Wow, body shamed. Yeah. You I think mean, he's I'm, too big, huh? Let me, let me say something. He's just Greg. He's like three Greg Odins in one body. I mean, uh, he's, he's overhyped. John Moran is where it's at. And here's what I, I want to say. I am here as a beloved son of both Memphis and of Nashville. I'm famous in both cities. That you heard it here first. You heard it here first. That it, I think it's time to squash this Memphis versus Nashville. Beef. Listen, they're, they're two different cities. And Nashville is... Um, I prefer, hot take, I prefer hanging out in Memphis. But if I have to go out and get something at a store, or go somewhere really nice, choose a Nashville. But I think it, Memphis is a great party city. Fuck downtown, bachelor parties and bachelorette parties down in Broadway. Broadway is done. I, I, Broadway is no fun. Broadway is dead to me. Yeah, Bill Street is actually still fun, very fun because you have much better music because it's all jazz and rock and all that kind of stuff than you get down in Broadway. But Nashville's a better city. Well, let's, let's call it what it is. But there's no reason 
that as Nashville citizens, we shouldn't be rooting for the Memphis Grizzlies. We need to be a Tennessee sports state, except for the Vols and Vanderbilt. Fuck them. But professionally, Nashville Soccer Club, we got the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, Nashville Predators. Let's all come together. Like, why? 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 You saw that John Robinson is wearing a Memphis Grizzlies shirt, and if it's good for John Robinson, it's good for me. But this is a time that we actually have. To me, John Morant is one of the most electrifying players that we've seen. He is the, he's the best player the Memphis Grizzlies have ever had. And he's in his first season. And it's only going to go up from here. And he's from Murray State. So he's from Tennessee. He's a Tennessee guy. Like, this hate, I can't, I can't root for the Grizzlies because Memphis is associated with them. Like, get a fucking life. Go to the life store. See my man, Justin Graver. This is a reference to the Flex, which is part of the Broadway Sports Media Network of podcasts. Go to Justin Graver and get a fucking life because this, that's pathetic. That's a pathetic reason. I, I, I just think that, you know, you can root for everybody and take it as a Tennessee win. It doesn't have to be a Nashville win. Like, oh, I want to see Nashville win, you know, a national champ or a championship before Memphis. Who gives a fuck who wins as long as Tennessee's winning it? As long as it's not the fucking Spurs or as long as it's not the fucking Patriots or the Ravens or uh, the Red Wings or the Blackhawks. Who fucking gives a shit who's winning it as long as someone in Tennessee's winning it? As long as someone that you're loosely associated with, whether you're Memphis people and you're loosely associated with the Nashville and Tennessee Titans or you're Nashville people and you're loosely associated with the Grizzlies. Make love, not war. You know, thank this you. is one of the this is one of the rare times, and thank you for that. That was wonderful. Zach lines, everyone. Thank you. But it, and, and if you want to hit record on this next part, even though you are recording, I'm actually going to agree with you. Coming from a noted noted Memphis hater, I, I I'm going to agree with you, and here's why: because I've had to kind of take stock lately on some of the stuff that Nashville is not doing well. Let me start with number one. If you Memphis, if you mention Memphis. To most people inside Nashville, outside of Nashville, all over the country, they're probably going to make some wise crack about Memphis's crime rate. Okay, yes, Memphis does have a high crime rate, but Nashville's not doing so great in that front lately. My car has been broken into in Nashville so many times, I've stopped calling the cops, and I'm not even kidding. And it's not like I live in a bad part of town either. My car has literally been broken into like 12 times in the last three years. I, mean, I just don't even lock it anymore. It's no point. Number two, and this is one that kind of hit home the other day. I listen to more music that's come out of Memphis than I ever did that's come out of Nashville. I mean, Memphis's rap game, jazz, blues, you name it. Most of the stuff that's come out of Nashville, and I'm, of course, discussing currently. Nashville's put out a lot of good stuff, too. Pretty sure I've listened to more music that's come out of Memphis than I have Nashville. I know I'm just committing complete blasphemy now. It's probably people just turning this off, but... I agree with you. you got to come together. You got to want the Grizzlies to do well as a state. We got to want to see the Grizzlies do well. And it's got to stop on both sides. And this is where I'm going to come back on Memphis residents just a little bit. Because while Nashville residents can be a little overbearing, Memphis residents have always made a comment to me that always kind of drives me nuts. Well, Memphis has soul and Nashville does not. Uh, I can't get into that. Now, I know Nashville is willing to uproot every single damn house it has in the city and put up a tall and skinny. Can't argue with you on that. 
But the parts of Memphis that you want to say, quote unquote, have soul are parts of the city that have been forgotten about since the 1950s. So let, <laughs> let's, let's come off to this thing that Nashville doesn't have any soul. Memphis has got us beat on, on diversity of better food for sure. Really like oh, the music. Oh, I was about to say that, so I'm glad yeah. you did. Nashville has good food. Don't let me get, don't, don't get wrong, okay? Nashville has good food, has great eateries. But Memphis has a variety of good food that's all over the place. And here's one of the – this is the one that I'll really pick at. Zach knows this all too well. You cannot get good Cajun food in Nashville. You just cannot. Nope. You can get decent Cajun food in Nashville. But Memphis it is as close as you're going to get to going down to New Orleans when you truly do want to find good, diverse Cajun food. I have sweat my ass off so eating some hot-ass Cajun food in Memphis, and it is good stuff. So I agree with you. It's time for us all to come together. No more one rush yard for negative four. <laughs> one reception for negative four yards. We need to come together as a state and support. Let me say this. Speaking of food. Best barbecue is Memphis barbecue, hands down. Central yes. barbecue is downtown the Gulch. If you have not been, you have to go. Very tasty. And I lived in Memphis from 2003 off and on to 2008. I've gained more weight in Memphis from eating food than I have my whole life. My whole life. You could, you could from a baby gaining weight as a baby to coming as an adult, you could add all that up. And I've literally eaten more food and gained more weight when I lived in Memphis for that short amount of time. And it's because there's IHOPs everywhere. There, you yeah. don't get a lot of IHOPs here, but there's IHOPs everywhere. Fried chicken places. Oh my God, Gus's fried chicken. Dyer's hamburgers are the best, cheeseburgers. They use grease that's like 50 years old. And I don't know if you know that or not. But they have grease that they have kept together for 50 years that they fry all their – cook all their burgers in. Yeah. Barbecue everywhere. You have not only good hot wings places, but you have really good pizza places there. And you have tons of breweries. Wiseacre is really good. I mean, it's, 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 it's a kicking place. It's rocking. And I think it gets a bad rap because of the crime. But, but really, it's a real fun city to go visit and spend a weekend at and just have fun. I mean, it's just a fun city. And it doesn't smell like crap like New Orleans does. New Orleans does smell terrible. Drive not by. here for New Orleans hate. Sorry, we just threw it all over you. But yeah. no, I agree with you. I'll say this, and then, then we'll go ahead and get out of here. But I have to take customers out to eat quite a bit. Back when times are normal, we're not dealing with covid one of the parts of my job is taking my customers out to eat specifically another part of my company always wants to go out to eat in Nashville. I always want to go to Husk and trendy places, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. They're really, really good places. And I like going, I've had to stop taking customers out to eat in Memphis simply because they want to do lunch. And when they want to do lunch, they want to go to a barbecue place. And when they want to go to a barbecue place, we're ordering tables full of ribs and smoked sausage. How much work do you think we're getting done that afternoon? Not a damn thing. There's been multiple times I've gone back to my hotel at two o'clock to take a damn nap because we just ate like a 10,000 calorie lunch because these candidates want to taste everything under the sun. And I don't blame them because Memphis barbecue is fantastic. So yeah, let's stop the Memphis hate. Let's all come together and just support the Grizzlies because Zach wants, you, Zach wants you to know that Zion's knees are basically a 94 Honda Elantra. They're, they're, they're basically just – 
butter. That's all it is. Just, they're just bone on bone and butter instead of cartilage. Yeah. You heard it here first. That's going to do it for us. We've been kind of a rambling mess tonight. I apologize. We started out the podcast with all three, and then in the middle of it, we lost and we're down to two. I got in a giggling fit because one reception for negative four yards for $20 million just seemed to really tear me up tonight. So I appreciate you sticking with us. Broadwaysportsmedia.com. If we have not driven that into your head enough, please go check it out. It is our new venture. We're very, very proud of it. Hell of a stable of writers, videos, and of course, our podcasts and many, many more. For Zach Lyons, the aforementioned Michael Herndon, who was unable to stay with us all night, I am your host, Michael Gillum, a.k.a. Mr. Lebowski. You have just been up. Broadway Sports Media Production.